Welcome to another episode of Serially Obsessed. I'm Daisy Rosario. I'm Dipti Sarawit. I'm Layla Carrillo. And we are here to talk to you about cereal. But before we get started, I just want to remind you about a very, very important disclaimer. This Serially Obsessed podcast is not produced, affiliated with, endorsed, or sponsored by the Serial Podcast. Additionally, the views, comments, and opinions expressed on the Serially Obsessed podcast do not necessarily affect the views of the producers of Serial. It would be weird if they did. Guys, let's just jump right in. We're talking about episode four here. And if you're not somebody who has, it would be weird if you like picked up episode four of Serial season two and we're like, I'm going to go listen to these women talk about this. Um, but if you're wondering why you are, uh, as a public radio producer, I really like to pick apart the way the show decides to structure things in the script and Sarah Koenig's writing, which is quite honestly very, very good. What about you, Dip? I, I am Dipti, and I'm a lawyer, and I used to be a criminal prosecutor, so um, uh, this is obviously interesting to me from a legal perspective. And me, Layla, I am a run-of-the-mill media critic. Uh, I'm a producer as well, a video producer, so uh, the audio stuff is a little bit out of my wheelhouse, but um, I still like to analyze it from a media critic perspective. Excellent. Yeah, and so this episode now, it, I mean, it really almost felt like part two of episode three for me. You know, obviously all the parts of Serial are, like, connected, but I I think if there had been no intro and the episode, last episode, had just kept playing on my phone, I wouldn't have realized that I had, like, veered into this episode. Right. I will tell you that for me, this episode was like watching The Hateful Eight in 70 millimeter, where I was just like... This is unnecessarily long. It's interesting, but I don't need the second piece necessarily. I could have I could have done with David Rhodes' uh, interview in episode three and made episode, I don't know. I just, I felt like this was just like a little filler and not a lot of killer, if you know what I mean. That's funny to me because I loved it, but specifically it's funny to me because you are the one who in the last episode was talking so much about how, uh, when we were talking about like stakes and everything, about how like this could really like change people's understanding of the war. And I feel like this right. episode did a lot more for that than any episode so far for me. Uh, sure. I mean, I see that. I think that this time we went into a little bit more in depth from what we heard from one of the previous, and I forgot his name. I think he's a sergeant. Maybe he's a lieutenant. He's some high-ranking military official uh i think he was i think he was talking about it in episode two where he's like the relationship between pakistan and afghanistan and their government and the insurgents is just like way too complicated to even explain and like nobody really gets it and i think david road is obviously he's been in the uh in the area for a really long time he's a established journalist and so he explains it a little bit more, but it's also like, God, I guess it's so confusing that it's just like, yeah, I mean, he basically just reiterates what the other dude kind of, he's like, yeah, it's a mess. And maybe we get a little more detail of it, but it's just like, I don't know that I get any more out of it other than like, yeah, it's still, this is messy. This is a messy, messy relationship between these two parties. What about you, Dip? Uh, I would disagree with that. I got way more out of what David Rhodes said than just that because sure, I think what SK was using him for, even though she didn't roadmap it well for us, which I wanted her to spoon feed that to us, um, I felt like this was kind of like Pulp Fiction, if you want to talk about Tarantino. 
um, where she's she just kind of like jumped all over the place um but i i feel like in the end she did the episode did a good job of explaining to us what i think was her point which is why was he so tortured one Besides just obvious that maybe, you know, a uh, Taliban captive, uh, someone who's captured by the Taliban is going to be tortured. But also right. um, to put it in a context of Bo was captured 10 days after this guy. Which escaped. is crazy. Yeah. Which is yeah, crazy. That's crazy. And and the way he described how he was and who the people were was super uh, interesting. Um because we got a sense of what those people were like and what the surrounding area was like instead of this vague, because all we know from Bo is that it was, um, he was in some room. Like he does he did not know any idea of what was going on. Right. So I really think it gave a good context for where he was. So David Rowe did a lot more. He did a great setup for me for like putting Bo in context. Cause Okay, so my clarification is that I don't think that David Rowe didn't do a good job. I think uh, I think he's great at explaining. Exa- I mean, I understand that this episode is like, here's a compare and contrast. Like, David Rowe was also captured. He was captured right before Bo. And his experience is radically different. One, because he's informed. And two, because he has translators. So he, he comes with like a wealth of information and knowledge. So he can put pieces together, whereas I think Bo is kind of completely at a loss, right? Like he doesn't for he's as blindfolded. Much, <laughs> I mean, yeah. right? And he's blindfolded, like he's blindfolded literally and figuratively, despite all of the maps and books totally. that he's probably read. If you don't know the language, you're still fucked, right? So yeah. Um, but yeah, I feel like okay, there's a lot of detail, um, and which is great. Thanks for all the detail, but I I still feel like. I don't know if I if I'm like 40,000 foot view of it. It's just like, OK, right. This is just this is just like extra filler for stuff that we've already established, in my opinion. Well, I thought that upon the first listen, I was definitely thinking, why? Why does this episode exist? It sounds so filler. It really honestly wasn't until the second time I heard it. That because I literally kept turning it off and going to do something else because I was just like, it's not that it's uninteresting. I mean, hearing about more of the horrors and travesties and more about the infrastructure of the Taliban and all of that inherently is interesting. But it's like, Sarah, where are we going with this? Where like, I just don't know where we are. Like, right. That, I think these two episodes are still very much like establishing. Right. Like. Like, I don't I don't know that we've really gotten into the meat and potatoes. Like, I feel like we're still reading the menu. But why like Sarah Koenig is still reading us the I specials. I think this is the meat and potatoes, though. And I feel like this is why it's hard for people to cover and follow war. This is like why it's hard to get people to read those articles. Yeah, that's because OK. There, I'll buy that. There's I think no that's true. you can't make it any simpler than that. Like, it is a situation yeah. that is so insanely complicated. Right. That all she did was give us this context i think i think to me this to me this one actually didn't feel like filler at all um to me like this i i loved this episode i thought it was really interesting i was like oh like i i was like slow to press play and then i was like oh i this is great i shouldn't have I, like now i'm all like even more excited for next week than i was um after last week 
you know, they told us a few episodes ago that like it was hard for, you know, that the U.S. was there for so many years and they still didn't have any like real understanding of like the different aspects of Afghanistan, you know, on the war. Like the guy who said that a few episodes ago. And I feel like just trying to explain this like shows you what that means and also like explains like yeah why they went to where he was like why they wanted to hold him in pakistan right why like even though we're supposed to be working with these different groups at times it doesn't actually make a difference to like what's going on because otherwise i feel like those questions would come up but it is like it's hard to read those articles because yeah okay so it's hard to follow okay so in the pro- I mean, this is probably one of the bigger reasons why I love doing this podcast with you guys, because it really, like, I'm one of those people that, th- I mean, like, I have initial thoughts about stuff, but then I really have to think things through and be like, why do I feel this way? Like, and mm-hmm. it's very possible that this episode to me is very frustrating in the same way that kind of piggybacking off of what you said, Daisy, is that this war is so complex and it's so tangled that this episode to me is just like the embodiment of the frustration of the futility of this whole fucking thing and maybe that's why people aren't into this season as much as they were into the Adnan season um I I think I think there is a part of me that like you know how like you know how people like describe like oh like because we shot all of this video footage in Vietnam, people were like, this is crazy. We need to get out of there. Right. Yeah. These episodes, these two, these last two episodes of Serial are just like, that's like my version of video Vietnam where I'm just like, yes, I know that the situation in Afghanistan is insane and like it is completely unmanageable and uncomprehensible. And I think, yeah, these two episodes just so embody that where it just, it's, literally fills me with dread and helplessness in a way that I'm just like I don't I don't like it I don't right. I don't want to yeah, no. I just want to turn a blind earlier. eye and be yeah. like puppies and kittens and rainbows yeah when are we gonna <laughs> I do was thinking that? about that while I was listening to it I was thinking about um like you know talking about how like confusing and like hard all this is like it's just it just becomes off-putting not just like not just this story as in like oh this episode of serials off but i mean like just trying to keep up with and understand these contexts is like really really hard and it just makes you be like oh and and um and i started thinking as i was walking around listening to it like yeah like like you said with the vietnam thing um that you know the vietnam war like people say that oh the videos helped you know make people realize what was going on and they wanted it to end that this yeah, I was like, if people listen to this, I feel like they would know a lot more about this war that's been going on for right. so long. Although I, I was feel like, like okay, there this are... feels like more like I'm getting, I feel like we're starting to understand like what the point of this season is, I guess, you know? Oh, yeah, sure, sure, sure. I think I get, I get the point of the season. Um, I do. I think I've kind of been saying that from the beginning, like it's, I think this series or this season rather is so much about like really coming to the fore of like do you do you guys do we are we all in agreement that this is like probably one of the craziest scenarios that we've gotten ourselves into as a country um and you know is maybe Bo Bergdahl a uh I don't know like a whistleblower is I mean is is this essentially kind of what's happening um 
but I think also that, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I feel like there's pieces, there's pieces that in this episode, you know, you're kind of aware of if you've been kind of following the war, uh, on your own merits, right? Like just cause mm-hmm. all of this is like news stuff. Um, but so yeah, like even just like reiterating, it's like, oh, right. And then we like helped the Haqqanis in the eighties because we right. thought that they were going to fight the Soviets. And then it's like, but, and then you got fucked. <laughs> like, yeah, it's yeah. just all that. Like, it's just all that stuff. Like just re-triggering all that stuff. It's just like, it's giving me Pete. PTSD and I haven't even been there. I'm literally sitting in my cushy bed in Oakland while recording this podcast with you guys and it's still like huh, huh, huh. I'm sitting on a chair I found on the street so maybe I need to get into like a cushy bed. I do. You should get into a cushy bed. It's good. It's good for you. It started hurting my shoulder when I did it that way. Um, So much so that like there were moments of levity that I had to give myself in this episode and I will give both of those to you now number one I kind of wanted to have a love affair between uh David Rode and Sarah Koenig I thought they were kind of flirty a little bit maybe because Sarah makes that cute joke what who did you think SK SK and SK and DR oh really David really David David Rode yeah, I don't, I mean, I think I was just kind of hoping it in my head. I'm like, they oh. like each other. I kind of want something to happen. Well, she has that moment where she's like, that's not the point of my story. I know, right? See, she's kind <laughs> of flirting with him a little bit. I made than she said it. I like, think, I put you it know on what? for you. She did it with Adnan. That's so funny. she's doing it with David Rode. I think Sarah's just a little bit of a flirt. So. I think any, I think a lot of good interviewers are kind of flirts though kind of flirty like, you're interesting you're very interesting and that's <laughs> you need like, to tell me more that's information what the gist of like good interviewing it is just like it's true telling me <laughs> right yeah it's true yeah it's true um and then the other thing was that the taliban has stationary and i really oh, yeah. want to see what that yeah. looks like uh, i'm sure there's a google i can google image search that when we're done recording Probably. I like, and then she say like after she said the thing about the stationery, she was like, "And I mean that, like, as if to be like, right, just as in if case you think I'm making a joke about stationery, yeah. want to confirm for you, yeah." Because I know this sounds really terrible, but there is a moment. There was a moment when they said Taliban stationery, and I was like, "Oh right, yeah. They of course, of course, they probably have station. They probably just like have letterhead, they, just like they have a yeah. receptionist, just yeah. like they have a receptionist. <laughs> like this is a." This isn't just like, oh, we're all like just operating underground. Like, you know, do they have 401ks? They might have a good dental plan. <laughs> they, they might. might. They Honestly, might be like, we'll give this to people. We'll offer it because you're probably not going to get I was going to say, it. like, that is a very good, uh, you know, prospecting tool. Just That's be like, their hey, recruiting tool. It's right. Exactly. Guantanamo. It's like we are it's the Taliban. We offer really good vision and dental plans. Yeah. And we have really nice stationery. Who designed the Taliban stationery is what I want to know. Like, do they have a graphic designer on hand? Yeah. That's probably an internship. They're probably like, if you can do some design for us, right? you know, for free, yeah. you can't pay a lot Like, for do that, they get but... like a UX designer for the Taliban.com website? Taliban.org? <laughs> it's got to exist. Yeah. Okay, guys, I needed to get that out of my system. This I know episode, you did. I know you did. This episode <laughs> makes me... It really does, like... 
So what about you, Dip, before I bring up something very sad, since we're already talking about the oh, dense information? Great, here we go. You want me to bring up something sad? No, I'm saying I, my only thought is to bring up something sad. Oh, so do you okay. want to talk about something <laughs> yeah, else first? Sure. So we well, can put a buffer between those two things? Yeah, I will. Um, so in this episode, I found just a lot of individual pieces of information that were just straight up interesting. More about Bo's insane captivity. Uh, we don't mm-hmm. have to go over all of them. It's just like there's nothing to say except, oh, my God. Wow. Horrible. Um, and how he's anyone who's not yeah. of the particular sect of Islam is dirty and how the nice man said, no, he's a man of God. And it highlighted how there's so much conflict within the Islam world, the Muslim world. And those were all interesting things. And I I don't really have anything extra to say, except I was like, oh, good point. I took. I, like, outlined the episode be- just out of, like, something to do, you know, while I was listening to it the second time. But <laughs> but I have a couple stray observations, and they're dumb. So, what, well, what are they? So when the cook was talking about the one who had cooked for Osama bin Laden before. Oh, made lunch for him, yes. He made lunch for him, and he's like, why isn't he eating? First of all, oh yeah, he uh, got offended that Bo didn't eat his food. Like, yeah. and, and Sarah Which made, made sure... me honestly feel really bad for the cook. Okay, I felt bad for <laughs> not not me. Sarah was like, "By the way, that's yeah. an insult to the cook." It's like you are torturing him. Like, I don't. I think there are bigger problems. Uh, 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 like, uh, uh, uh. the cook is not torturing him. The cook is just yeah, brought in to provide he's meals. He's part of the system, Layla. He's part. Right. Of yeah, he's system. part of the system. But, but he is like this the. Le- he's, he's probably the one being like, "I'm trying to give him the thing he wants." Like, I like know. the cook is so confused. I kind uh, of. Okay, the cook guys, is like, I, I thought know. I was the nice one in this situation. <laughs> um, I literally yeah. imagine the cook as like this very sad old man who like just wants desperately for everyone to love every meal oh, he's ever made. I think which that is he like was... potatoes and yogurt. Yum. No, I <laughs> thought that he was a happy man, and this is the first man who we couldn't make happy with this food. And he was like, What is going on? Oh, then the next thing, two more things. One is he's like Oh, maybe he needs a spoon. Like that'll change everything. <laughs> well, Problem you know, solved. you know. I mean, if Bo's gonna keep like a random battery, you know, he's just gonna take that spoon and like use like, it for Shank-Iber. Shawshank Redemption, like um, escape. I think that spoon thing made me feel like, man, this guy really does want to figure out why Bo is unhappy. No, and, like, yes, <laughs> right. He's like, you're just in a cage. I'm feeding you. Like, yeah. There's really no reason for you to not be eating. Um, and then when he described what uh, the food was, that it was potato with gravy, yogurt, and naan, I'm like, what is that really? Like, what's a real Indian term for that? But anyways, <laughs> it made me think, wow, Bo is never going to eat Indian food for the rest of his life. Like, if he ever <laughs> oh. smells Indian food, that is instant He's like going to go running wildly. Like, you right. never... No Indian food. Or Pakistani yeah. food. Like, he is like, fuck Which is you. honestly such a shame. Because yeah. on my end of it, my on my end of it for this episode, I've been craving Indian food lately. Um, and Ooh. I don't I don't know why. I just really want some. I'll, I'll I mean, there's, get... N- there's nothing... 
There's no bad reason to ever crave it. No. Yeah, it's true. And there's nothing to stop me from eating it. Right. Um, so I will I will um I will treat myself very soon. But Do when it. they were talking about the <laughs> when they were talking about the food, I was listening to the podcast uh, this morning and I was like, "Oh man, that sounds really good." <laughs> and then I was like, "That's gross. <laughs> you were literally salivating over prison food." At this point, yeah. <laughs> you would eat anything. Oh, I will eat anything. It does sound like this guy takes pride in his prison food, though. So, I mean, if Jitty can figure out what that configuration of food yeah. would be called, maybe. otherwise, I think <laughs> I think I know. But like, I'm like, ugh, what an Americanized version of how she's describing <laughs> that food. Uh, well, I <laughs> right. mean, yeah, oh, of course. And then I ended up getting Indian food for dinner tonight. No, oh, god damn it! I Deb. think you need to write so a angry. think piece on the insensitivity of Sarah Koenig. <laughs> yes. Describing, describing food Indian from food from that region. Very <laughs> potatoes with it's yogurt like, and like not like, like so bad that even I can't figure out what it is. Um, <laughs> so so here are my uh, just a couple other stray observations. Again, like so stupid, but I I had nothing to add to the episode of just interesting point, interesting point. Okay, now we're set up why the, the situation into which Bo specifically was going into with the specific captors. Um, that's great, uh, but it just leads to no more discussion in my head. But when he was talking about trying to get that, use the particle board to take the particle board out. Oh, yeah. And then, mm -hmm. like, spit on it and water. And then it expanded. And then things got worse. And then, like, it just blew like a blown up situation. Do you know what scene came into my mind in my head? Was no. that Friends episode where Ross Ugh. was wearing the leather pants and he couldn't, he put some cream on and then he put powder and it just kept getting worse and worse. Oh, he put it like was lotion like, and powder. Right. And it was like this comedy of errors. And I said, am I not paying attention to this episode that I'm thinking about that dumb Friends episode? Like, <laughs> I, I, I literally had nothing to expound upon. I, I just started yeah. thinking about Ross. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that was I a mean, the thing tough is situation. Like, right. I mean, I think that's kind of the other thing, too, is like these these scenarios. I mean, Jesus, when we get to the point where it's like, oh, and then they took a razor blade to my chest. Oh, and like well, I stopped bouncing oh, after thing. 600 Back cuts. Away slowly. Like, I was just like, I don't even know. Like, description of him being slowly cut on the chest 600 times and more. That reminded me of the Jessica Jones episode. And I was like, ooh, Spoiler no one know what that looks like. <laughs> oh, well, uh, nobody Don't under describe the situation. Okay, if you watch Jessica Jones, you know. But anyways. If you, if you um, watch, then you know what we're talking about. Yeah, that was, it was horrifying. But, like, we already talked last episode about how we just cannot remotely fathom he's alive. I think that's why, Dip, you kind of go to, like, oh, yeah, like, this Ross episode of friends right yeah. it's just because like, like trying to give it context it's just that makes sense too. exactly like a stupid the context, thing i'm upset you know? about though your context that you went to is not tarantino related so that we couldn't oh, keep up that oh, thread no. tarantino thread. the whole time yeah so wait i mean i guess like the cuts is kind of like reservoir dogs with the ear cutting i don't know because of oh cutting. yeah reservoir uh. dogs and i was watching it the other night uh. wait leela is the 70 millimeter showing of the hateful eight different i mean in terms of length than i believe it's it longer it is also longer it's longer because yeah, it's it the director's cut oh it's the director's it's longer cut. my version was two hours and 47 minutes which is pretty right. darn long 
So the 70 millimeter version is a roadshow presentation. So there is a, a intermission o- overture that plays before the movie. Yeah. Oh, there Jesus. is an intermission in the middle of the movie. It is physically I think it looks different and it is a longer yeah. movie. And you get a program. Yeah. I heard about the program and the intermission. But I just was yeah. wondering how long could it be. Anyways, sorry I couldn't it's pull like up. Another, I th- it's like another. I think it's a little a over minutes. three hours. Really quick, Daisy, before you go to your status point, because I want to give you the floor fully. Um, mm-hmm. I, I just want to talk a little bit about just what Sarah Koenig's, what we think her roadmap is. Because this was like a mini Pope fiction. Like, she's all over the place. She said we're going to learn about the captors, but then we went back to Bo, but I understand because she went from her boyfriend, David, stuff to um, explaining how Bo was in the situation, and then Bo just ends up talking more about it, even though we heard about that last episode. So does she not want to do this linearly, which is fine, but like maybe it would have helped us to hear David Rode a couple episodes ago but then maybe that wouldn't be dramatic because we want to start with Bo being released from captivity. Like, what was her... Well, season MO? one wasn't linear. I mean, season one was not linear. There's been no I know li- it version wasn't. of a I know. linear presentation. But, but I mean, I also think, like, if you think about where this season started, because it was a story that was already out in the world, she kind of had to start in the place where she did, which sense. was like, here's what you know of this, because otherwise mm-hmm. it would be right, weird. Right, right. You're going to have people who have been following the story who don't know any of this information, even though they've been following it, because she's done additional reporting and different reporting. And you are going to have people that have watched the video and are like, that's that guy. Or like they have the image of him in their yeah. head as like a traitor. And so she, I think she had to kind of start in that place of like, here's here. Let's let me fill out the stuff that you do know. And now we're getting into all the stuff that like she has specifically, you know, found out for more context and to fill out the story that she's like painting yeah oh um she has a good network of people that was so interesting about those two brothers who were in guantanamo and then one of them they were like poets and and then got screwed over by the taliban and they gave them over to the united states ended up guantanamo and then that was really chilling when she said we might have made him a terrorist because now he's recruiting for isis that just was so sad Guys, I mean, again, it's like everything in this episode is just like there is no, I, there is no escape. I, we uh, like, what do we do? You feel helpless. Uh, like, just everything is so so helpless. Like this mm. episode, honestly, just fills me with anxiety and dread. I can see that. I think maybe that's why I don't. That's why I was like, I don't like it. And I think it's just because mm-hmm. it's like it's making me have all these feelings that, um, like hope- that I cannot. Sounds like you're hopeless. Yeah, exactly. You're like, this could have been me if I joined the Air Force. Like, I could briefly consider. <laughs> yes, 100, 110%. Although, maybe I might have been too old at that point. Who knows? No, I probably would have gone on a tour. I probably would have gone on a tour. You could have joined up until, like, this year. It's like, You've reached yeah. the legal cutoff, I, from my understanding. I still have time. Guys, I got to go. Yeah. I got to go. Sign yeah. Go do some push-ups. Okay, Daisy, what, yeah. what did you want to say? The last episode, I kept using the word visceral, very visceral. But yes, you already brought up uh, one of the things I was going to mention, which is the cutting, the description of them cutting him. Uh Oh, God. And, you know, it just sounds like she's really trying to, like, 
um, suss out everybody's like motivations and like what makes everybody do this. So like, why would they be so kind of accommodating, uh, given the awfulness of the situation to David and then be like straight up, like so aggressive, um, with Bo and also seeing how, you know, like the moves that the U S was making would were, you know, informed. I thought it was interesting that she pointed out that like, she didn't, know how much it like how much the images of guantanamo and stuff like were in their minds like are actually something they talk about and that was interesting to hear yeah um and like really stressful to hear as well and then there was um yeah like like hearing about that hearing about the the poets and then the idea you just get this image of this like guy who's been broken by it like when she's talking about the guy who had been in guantanamo who's there and he's like yeah like he's like nope like now that this has been done to me, like now I'm gonna do it to you, and it's just like right. everything is terrible. Everything yeah. is so terrible. like we are terrible too. Like, you know, we we like, we are also awful. Right. Everything right. is the most complicated thing ever. Yeah. Like exactly. Yeah. It was. I mean, it's and then also just like the thing I thought was like sad. Um, like the the cutting stuff was d- upsetting, it but was the thing that upsetting. was like sad was like he can't deal with the clock. Like he yeah. just couldn't have one around him it's such a basic thing he just can't that stresses him out so much we talked a little bit i think last week about how i was saying like like people's traumas are going to manifest in like unexpected ways like who knows what it's going to be and like so for him it's like being around a clock like he actually had to be like you can't have this here like yeah imagine that conversation you know right i loved when Bo, or i'm sorry when mark asked mark bull asked the question um so did you use your imagination to get out of things? Because he, he was Mr. I'm going to be Jason Bourne and fantasized his whole life away. And he was like, nope, that got me into this trouble in the first place. And I just would look at one foot and then another. And that whole description that he gives of how he passed time yeah. also made me uh, get the chills. It was just more of like episode three yeah. for me of like, Wow. But yeah. you're really understanding, I think, in that point, like, how he went about surviving. Like, I was like, this isn't a good thing to know. Should I ever find myself, like, trapped between a rock and considering uh. having to, like, cut my arm off or something? You know, it's like, it's like, uh, <laughs> I assume I'm not going to be kidnapped by the Taliban. But I might. Who knows? Who knows? Um, Hope not, Daisy. It's a great big world out there, and we can all aspire to anything that we want. But, like, to think, like, oh, like, the thing that got him through it, and then that they seemed to think that part of what he was well-adjusted about later was, like, the fact that he chose to try to stay present as hard yeah. as it was like that's right and that's why really he didn't go crazy and that's why that whole yeah. psychology psychologist thing was also interesting and in that sarah was like he he didn't i trust he didn't because this person said if he did he would be dead right that's when he wouldn't have survived like and that makes sense like right. it's like if you think about just what you're told to do in any emergency it's like don't panic panicking is when you have a problem like stay calm stay focused so it's like they'll apply that to like five years of being yeah. tortured and held oh captive. god yeah plus like diarrhea plus blindfoldedness oh. plus being in a cage plus razors oh. yeah. Like, yeah plus like, particle board plus plus particle board plus like plus a <laughs> cook who really wants you to use a spoon plus i mean like... i think that's why like there comes a point in my mind where it's just like they even mention it at the end of, or towards the end of this episode where it turns out that like towards the end, he's not even speaking. Like he's literally yeah. down to like five words that yeah. he's using. And just even he's basically that to monosyllabic. Me is like, 
Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, even that to me is just like, oh, my God. What? Like. Oh. So, so like, when the, and then when they started talking about the cutting, all I could think yeah. of was just was like, we've seen these pictures of him, right? We've seen a few pictures of him, but, like, we haven't seen all the scars on his body. I was thinking about what his body looks like, too. With yeah. Because yeah. he would be so scarred up from that. Oh, oh. oh, without a doubt. Without yeah. a doubt. Um, You know what? Uh, a couple other things this episode made me think about was I do think that SK has a little mission to just shut down the notion that Bo was a Taliban sympathizer and was a spy. Um, I think she's really going into a lot of detail about... Bo's captivity to make sure that we're not thinking that he was a sympathizer. Like, sure, he might have screwed up and one can say he deserved it. I don't know who, but um, I think it's really important to her that her audience knows that he truly went through these things and he's not lying. Um, And the other thing is I really want to know what his life has been like. And I realize now isn't the right time in the series, perhaps. But um, I'm really looking forward to hearing what Bo's life has been like since he's come back. What is it like to wake up in Texas and have a warm bath or shower and food and a grocery store with unlimited cereal? <laughs> and like yeah. none- And how comfortable does he even feel like using some of those things like if he can't right. be in a like if he can't have a clock in his office right like, like are there certain places in the world that he's avoiding because you know like it just goes so deep and it's like well, yeah. i hope no, that we hear yeah. that stuff like, i don't know that we will but i hope that we do i if we don't i will be extremely disappointed i yeah i'm with you dip i i think now that we're kind of talking about it i would really like to know what post-captivity life is like for him. Because I feel like mm-hmm. there has to be stuff where I feel like there at some point I think I had read somewhere that um, that folks that have been in those sort of drastic situations, like even coming back to the comforts of home becomes so alien and foreign to them that right. it's just like, I can't sleep in bed. Like I have to sleep yeah. on the floor. This is, or even- I don't even... I, yeah, like I people... can't even understand the concept of a soft bed anymore. Have you, you know? ever talked to somebody who's come back from the Peace Corps for like a year and a half or two years? They mm-hmm. they also go and it's, you know, they're more in war, but, you know, they, there's all different kinds of experiences. But they also go through a, a, a crazy transition coming back to America. And now yeah. multiply that times a good bajillion and right because it's not just culture shock it's like right the shock of like right i was a prisoner and i was tortured and stuff um well his body also would have been like if we're gonna get like physiological about it because it's literally the thing i'm researching right now for work but like his body would have also just been like his endocrine system which is like you're you're getting like stress hormones released and stuff constantly because he's constantly just having to be there you know like he had to stay present none of us you and i the three of us are not present in every moment like you know we zone out we like tune out he's like living at this like high stakes thing every single moment and that like affects you physically like it it actually can like 
the people die younger, even if they survive stuff, like they tend to die younger, they get more likely to have all kinds of like health issues because it actually affects your body. But but Buddhist monks, they they live in the present moment or they try to and their health is really good. They've been known. It's been yeah, like shown a, a scientifically that they can stop cancer from spreading and stuff yeah, it's, from being it's a so calm present, present moment. you know, it is it is not a high stress present though it is a very calm yeah you're like, right it is them accepting yeah yeah, yeah. but was it meditating per se and doing yeah. chance but um i don't know but i'm it is still the same concept of being present but yes completely different situation <laughs> it was like so... yeah it was like this was no like deepak chopra like i'll mind the time scenario <laughs> oh, overall not what's going overall, on we'll do the intro bo you yes. just yeah. chill on this bed <laughs> like yeah we gotta put some that's it's like I know you are in this cage. I will mind the time. I'm gonna mind the time. Yeah. <laughs> this is uh we're just referencing the time we all tried to do a deep rock Chopra <laughs> Oprah meditation like challenge because our friend Mike wanted us to give it a shot with him. And yeah. uh just making sure everybody understands our inside joke, guys. <laughs> just, That's right. Uh, Thanks for explaining yeah. the inside joke, Daisy. <laughs> I Deepak I still Chopra. Love... He always yeah, says and Deepak I Chopra. will mind the time and that's Layla how he starts that's how he starts that. every single <laughs> every time i love it i'll mind the time so good it's, it's really so, comforting yeah, it's like honestly very pleasant it is You're yeah like, if, oh he's gonna check it out I'll, I'll be here honestly if i was held captive i think i would just replay that piece of tape in my mind Maybe, yeah. in my li- little inside that might ear. be traumatizing I'll mind to the time it- I'll yeah. For Bo, like if you time. were like, I'll mind the time, he'd be like, No time. I'll I want to do nothing. <laughs> time. No time. Like, could you imagine that's his if nightmare? Could you imagine if Oprah, who thinks she's such a guru, sat Bo down and was like, This is what you need to do, Bo? Like he would attack her. How did you live your best life while detained? <laughs> right. What are some of your favorite things, Bo? And then he pulls out the battery and he <laughs> yeah. pulls out the little piece of PVC tubing. And the he little, pulls out all uh, the nail little things that he hit in his shoe. Yeah. <laughs> Spoon. Yeah. Which... The extra food he feeds to the dogs. Mm-hmm. What a yeah. life. You know, um, la- my last thought, and you guys give me your last thought, is um, yeah. now that we've uh, gotten even a stronger picture. I'm liking this episode even more after the second time after having this conversation, actually. Guys, um, I think I've 180 on this episode oh, good. as we've talked about <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. Um, She's come around. Uh, but now that we are getting this more complete picture of um, now I'm going to unpulp fiction it up and put it linearly um, in my head. I'm so curious how Mark Bull is going to make this movie. We talked about this a little before, but now that we know all of this, is he going to really show the torture? Is he going to focus on the more political aspect of the war? Because that's also mm-hmm. fascinating and interesting. Um, I, I'm so curious what it's going to look like. And that is a movie I wouldn't say, well, I listen to Serial or I read five books on the Taliban or, you know, the Soviet occupation in the 70s, whatever. Um but I you do want to see, see Aaron Paul play want, Bo Bergdahl. Yeah, I do. I do. I want to yeah. see who's going to play all these people. Um, the nice cook. Uh, every, you know. Did they mention? I don't remember them ever mentioning, but they did. They mention at all where Mark Bowl is in this process at all. I have not read a word if of that. If they have, yeah. If they have, I haven't if seen they have any it. of it. Okay, just checking because yeah, I wonder because it's like 
you have to do so much research and then you have to like pick which story you're telling i mean this could take five more years all this stuff yeah to like happen and yeah right Um, it seems crazy so what do you guys think well, I guess for me, yeah, so like I said, I, I enjoyed the episode a lot. Again, like, it's hard to listen to, but um, I think, you know, he definitely has faced consequences, right? Like, there are people who want Bo to, like, serve time, and I'm like, this guy definitely faced some consequences. They might not be, like, the legal recourse of the United States government through the military that some people want, but... You definitely have to at least acknowledge that there was a consequence to his initial action. I totally agree with you. And I thought, especially after this episode, I thought, um, okay, even if it's kind of found out that he may have had this intent to desert, um, can you imagine putting that aside? If you can, if you're military, I'm sorry, you know, but... Right. Can you imagine? Or as Sarah says in the episode, like, you can't really put it aside, but put it aside. Right, yeah. right, yeah. Um, and so in SK's words, do that right now. And just yeah. think, <laughs> he has, he had this experience that we, we, we cannot even imagine, right? That I can't, I can't even explain it. But you understand what I'm saying. I, it, Unless it, you yeah. put it into Friends episodes perspective. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I have to do yeah. that in order to get out of it. <laughs> but anyways, um. So it's so horrifying, and this guy is going to have to go back to a prison, and will that prison be a breeze? Is he going to be like, whatever? Like, I know, and until we know how he's living now, like, who knows? He's, he's like, dudes, I was in a like, motherfucking a cage. Yeah. So yeah. In a cage. whatever prison you want to put me in, like, cool, cool, cool. It's yeah. Club Med. I'm super into it. Like he could and be I'm in- not making the argument that like he has suffered all the consequence that right. he needs I know to. You're not. I'm just I know saying you're like not. there is definitely like he he got some stuff. I mean, he even suffered. just that little comment that you highlighted earlier about when him saying like, "Oh, I, I didn't want to fantasize because that's what got me into this mess." Like that piece of tape is so like, oh, because you can yeah. hear in his voice that it's like right. the remorse. weight of the whole situation. Yeah, yeah. and then also there's remorse there for sure. Yeah. yeah. And then Sarah gave the context of how, you know, the context of, like, POWs and, like, what they've survived and, like, yeah. saying, like, this is, like, in 60 years, this yeah. is, like, as bad of an experience as they've ever seen anybody have to go through. And it's, like, good lord. That was actually a good really grief. interesting analogy or, like, like explanation yeah. from her because, yeah, because all of this obviously sounds terrible, but... I I was like I don't know enough about like POW history and experience to like give context to like where Bo's where it right. fell on the spectrum and it was definitely like ooh right yep. it's like not even it's terrible. not even on the spectrum it's like yeah. off the charts I mean yeah, yeah, I exactly. understand if the military wants to make a lesson out of him like I actually get that like and I I'm like maybe they should you know so like nobody dares do such a thing I get that but I also am like does he really have to go back to prison after all of that? So he literally just kind of life is gone, you know? And and so in that sense, I'm feeling what you were feeling at the beginning, Layla, of just like throwing my hands up in the air. And wow, this makes me feel really hopeless just inside. Right. So anyway, there's also the argument to be made of like, do we want to spend tax dollars to like further torture this? Yeah. Guy? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's true. I just think there's a lot of questions. I think yeah. it's really interesting, but there's a lot of questions. What yeah. about you, Layla? Layla, any final thoughts? 
Um, well, I kind of already told you guys I, I have throughout the course of discussing it with you ladies, um, I have kind of turned around on this episode. I thought originally I did. I thought it was I was like all of this information is like additional information that I think I already kind of formed the basis of. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I think overall my true feelings for this episode um, I think I was like projecting into boredom really because I was afraid to face the reality, which is to say that like it's just the whole scenario is harrowing. Bo's scenario is harrowing. The war itself is harrowing. And I it's just it's mm-hmm. such a mess. It feels like we'll never get out of it. Um, it is like the expansive star galaxy universe. Uh, I'm sorry I'm comparing something so ugly to something so majestic, but both are things that fill me with such, like, dread dread panic, like, dread panic, Yeah, uh, that I am forced to compare the two. Um, But, yeah, I think even without the Bo Bergdahl portion of it, it's still sort of like, ah, dude, we are so fucked. Yeah, it's just, at the very least, it's like, it's like, who is this help like is anybody benefiting like right. is anyone benefiting right at all on any and, side i don't and, mean you know and honestly yeah. i almost wonder if like in some part of Bo's mind he's like well if my escaping and subsequent capture and torture resulted in at least like a couple of people kind of thinking about the war the way I'm thinking about it not that I wasn't thinking about it this way before but maybe to have them change their mind or outlook as to like yeah this like this thing that we've been doing for god I don't even know how many years now is just like it's futile and it's crazy and like just the whole thing is like a mess then Mm -hmm. maybe he feels like okay yeah I walked off that day but so it's like a nationwide dust one. It's like a nationwide dust one. Thank you very much, Daisy. Yeah, yeah. So maybe he does. He maybe he'll feel some sort of like, well, if I at least changed one person's oh my God, guys, mind, what if, then it was all worth it or something. What maybe. if we don't figure out anything about Adnan ever, but Bo Bergdahl causes a nationwide dust one? <laughs> That's right. That's right. What if season two of Serial ends up being the like, <laughs> the like big winner. Yeah. Well, as it's the always, dust we one that America our... needed. Exactly. Well, as always, guys, we want to know what you think about this. So please hit us up on Twitter and our Gmail address. So I'll give you both. On Twitter, you can find us at Serial Obsessed Pod. That's S E R I A L O B S E S S P O D. That's our Twitter handle. So you get that little at signal before that. And then um, you can Gmail us, you know, hit up up at the G uh, at Serially Obsessed Pod at gmail.com. Serially Obsessed pod hit us up there we'd love to hear what you guys thought of this did you hate it at first like Layla and then realize that you were just trying to distance yourself from the pain (laughs) or were you like oh my god I know this stuff but I didn't know this or were you like you know what people getting cut 600 times on the chest at least is like no bigs is that what you were like (laughs) I don't know tell me oh wow I want to know wow 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 who would say no bigs who would say I mean, no bigs to 600 cuts on the chest? always says no bigs, but it's like sometimes they're showing off. You know, they're yeah, just trying true. to show off. So I assume that's what it is. Before we leave, I do want to ask Dip yeah. if she checked out the 3D map again this time. Of course I did. And what yeah. were you still amazed and 
I was thinking, okay, that that's a 3D map. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I was not freaking out over it the way I was in the other episode. I was oh, like, unlike yeah. Layla and I, Dipti is the one of us who would definitely have not been a cartographer in ancient times. Like, <laughs> uh, the map I was fine. I'm it. glad. I, I'm glad I viewed it. It was about forty yeah. some seconds out of my life, and I said, "Those are mountainous regions." The, it's a mountainous terrain in that part of yep. Pakistan, and uh, yep, it was it was okay. Sk, nice. Cool. All right, you guys, we will catch you next time. Thank you so much for listening to Serially Obsessed. You are the best. Bye. Bye. As we begin our meditation, take a moment to place your attention in your heart and focus on today's centering thought. Now let's begin. Please find a comfortable position. I'll mind the time. And at the end, you'll hear me ring a soft bell to indicate it's time to release the mantra. Mm.